Welcome to the show, everybody. It's nice to see you. It is episode number 580, and uh, tonight we've got Shizu, the hot dog Yamaguchi with us, and uh, we've got Sasha, I'm just going to say Rickman. That's right. Then you'll know. Then you understand. All the way from Hogwarts tonight, flew in on the broomstick. And I'm Robbie, as of 20 years ago. 25 years ago? Perhaps. (laughs) I don't know, this might be what I would have looked like. Tonight, this week, we have a microphone from Amazon that is so cheap, it'll blow your mind. But, could it be good enough? We'll have to test it out. We'll have to. We've also got an unboxing of a NanoPi M4 microcomputer. Stick around. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Our live recordings are trusted only to solid-state drives by Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs. Category 5 TV streams live with Telestream Wirecast and Nimble Streamer. Tune in every week on Roku, Kodi, Plex, and other HLS video players. For local showtimes, visit Category5.tv. Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN. And the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Cat5.tv slash IAIB. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Robbie. I'm Sasha. And I'm Shizu. Shizu Yamaguchi, everybody. <laughs> Bet you didn't recognize her. <laughs> nice to see you. Yeah, How nice you been? to see you too. I've been good. Yeah. I'm very relaxed. Been very nice. Yeah. Very chill. Yeah, very chill. Like a chill hot dog. Yeah, like a chill hot dog. Yeah. Everything's like going to be related to hot dogs today. Not everything. <laughs> every pun Just that every, we can think of. Yeah, anything. We gotta, anything we gotta we work out of, we some should, puns. Yeah. We should Just use. Throw that in. I'm a, yeah. You just got off school, I, I guess, at Hogwarts? I just got off at Hogwarts, yeah. right? I'm in House Slytherin, of course. Been well? I've been well. Happy I, Halloween, everybody. Yes. By the way, if this is your first show, you're like, who's this furry nerd? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is what I would look like if, uh, if God didn't take my hair away, I suppose. Yeah. That, uh, and if you came into a lot of money. In a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> hope everybody's been well hope you are having a wonderful week be safe out there uh, if if you're watching this on Halloween night uh, if you're watching it afterwards well save some candy for me <laughs> thanks everybody for supporting Category 5 TV uh, we've seen an increase in our patronage and that is uh, one way that you can support Category 5 pretty cool go over to cat5.tv slash Patreon and through that it's as little as $1 a month That's all it takes to support Category 5 TV. And with that, because we have so many viewers, the more people who are giving $1 a month, the stronger we can be, the faster we can pay our bills, the more we can improve things around here with the show. And uh, that is greatly appreciated. So uh, we do have a patron-only Discord um, chat channel um, within our server. Um, So that's kind of cool as well. If you're a patron, you can gain access to that, and then you can chat with other patrons, and and it's it's hush-hush and super top secret but there's also the vlog right there's insider information behind the scenes um many times a week we're posting things specifically on the patreon page um that our patrons are able to gain access to so check that out it's cat5.tv slash patreon it's super fun to be on patreon I like to think so. I'm yep. on the I'm on the flip side, but I love doing the vlog. I love being interactive with the with the folks that are supporting us as well. Um, Category five TV um, season eleven is available as a BitTorrent file. 
and we hear BitTorrent, and we think, ooh, is that illegal? Or is that okay? No. BitTorrent is a technology that allows many different computers to distribute files. Mm -hmm. So, of course, that has been used for illegal distribution of things that people don't have rights to. But here at Category 5 TV, we have the rights to the video and we want to give it to you for free. So we've utilized that technology to allow our viewers to become what's called a seed. So basically you download the, the file and then it shares it with everybody else. So right. it's a, a really great way to support Category 5 TV in that you are helping to share the, uh, the video around the world in full HD quality, which I think is great. So Season 11 is there. It's torrent.category5.tv. Shizu, this is going to be a fun show. Yes, We've got a lot planned. A We've got a microphone here that is available on Amazon for only $16. Mm-hmm. I hear you've got a way that we're, we're going to maybe try it out and see if it's really worth that little. Yeah. Or I if it's I, better I, than I, we there's, expect. There's something in my mind, like the, the, the cogs are, are turning. You got an idea? Yeah, yeah, All right. yeah. yeah. Well, we'll, we'll give you some time to, to kind of think about that. Sure. And sure. Uh, we're going to take a really quick break. When we come back, I have a NanoPi M4. Now, Marshman was here last week, and surprise, he pulled this out of his pocket and said, this is for you. What a great guy. He is a great guy. That was really kind of him, and Mm -hmm. I can't wait to unbox it. It's a six-core single-board computer. Again, I'll refer back to uh, a Raspberry Pi just because everybody knows what a Raspberry Pi is, so you think about that. But it's six cores. It has up to four gigabytes of RAM. So significantly more powerful than a Raspberry Pi. And we've got one to unbox tonight. So stick around. We'll be right back. For a limited time, get your hands on limited edition shirts from the Category 5 TV network. These high-quality shirts are manufactured by Teespring, a fundraising website, and your purchase will help support the shows we produce. Get yours today and send us your pictures to be featured on the corresponding show. Visit cat5.tv shirts to support us and get your official network shirt today. cat5.tv shirts. All right, welcome back. As promised, we have the NanoPi M4 today, and you can get one of these at cat5.tv slash nanopi. This one was contributed to Category 5 TV by Marshman, and we thank you, Marshman, very much for sending this in or bringing it in to us, actually making the drive. He drove eight hours to bring this to us, folks. And here it is. Let's get into the box. This is a RockChip RK3399 CPU, so it actually has two CPU chips. One of them is the ARM Cortex uh, A72. That's up to two gigahertz. And it has a quad-core as well, uh, Cortex-A53 up to 1.5, so a total of six cores. And look at that. First thing I notice is it has a ton of little micro-resistors and everything else, but look at the flip side. You don't often see that where, wow, they've, they, in order to cram so much into such a small form factor, um, they've double-sided this SBC. So there's the rock chip. RK3399 actually on the bottom of the SBC. That's kind of interesting. So 
quick run through of the specifications here. I see full-sized HDMI, and that is with a Mali T864 uh, GPU, and it will run up to 60 frames per second in 4K. Uh, on the bottom here, we've got a micro SD slot for the operating system. Now, there isn't a standard uh, eMMC port on here, but there is a port here, and I'm not sure if that's proprietary or just a different interface, but it's not the standard eMMC port. But it does support eMMC. You just need the either an adapter, I suppose, or a specific module for the NanoPi. Um, it has dual channel. I mentioned uh, a little earlier tonight that it has up to four gigabytes of RAM. You can choose whether you want two gig or four gig. So even their base model has twice as much RAM as a Raspberry Pi 3B+. It's 1866 uh, LPDDR3 memory. It has native gigabit Ethernet, so that's going to give you a gig connection to your router, um, and it is a dedicated chip as far as I understand. And we've got four USB 3.0 ports. So we're looking at a, a little SBC here that is like screaming fast. It's USB 3, and there's four of them. It also has a USB-C over here that can be used to either power it or you can use, uh, you can use your OTG connecting uh, cables and adapters and things like that. Um, if you did that, I suppose you'd have to power it over the GPIO. And speaking of the GPIO, it's a 40-pin, so Raspberry Pi style. It's also got uh, UART, SPI, and a whole bunch of other connectors here as well. Uh, if you want to add some kind of uh, sensors or things, if you're a maker and you want to build this thing up, you can do that. It has a stereo headphone jack, which also doubles as um, a microphone input. And of course, audio also goes out over the HDMI if you're using an HDMI monitor plugged into that. Um, and then uh, I guess the only other thing I notice here on the board is this two-pin connector here, which looks like a real-time clock. So it's got an RTC chip built in. And by adding a battery there, even when your SBC is powered off or disconnected from electricity, uh, it will still be able to remember um, the, the time. Uh, as, you, as I mentioned, the uh, USB-C connector is used for power. Um, and so that means the board is 5 volts and it would like a 3 amp power supply. And as far as accessories go, now I mentioned that you're, you know, if you want to go eMMC, well, we've got to get a specific type of eMMC. We're not going to be able to use our standard card. But one of the things that's really impressive about this one is the heat sink. This is available for an additional seven bucks. Uh, but look at that solid aluminum. That's the heat sink, folks. Now I mentioned that the CPU is on the bottom. So this is going to go right on there, and that's what your SPC is going to look like. Marshman has fired one of these up and said, you know what, it actually, the heat sink gets pretty warm. So it just goes to show that, hey, with this much power, this thing is going to generate a fair bit of heat. So you may want to consider getting yourself the heat sink. Now there's some thermal pad, uh, a thermal pad here. So that's going to go on your processor and that is going to create a thermal connection between the heat sink and the CPU. Make sure that if you've got fingerprints on it, like I have, uh, we're going to clean that off with a little bit of alcohol and a, a clean wipe or something uh, before I put that thermal pad on there. And then that's going to go right on there. I can't wait to fire this thing up and check it out. Uh, we're going to be doing that on a future show. See how it, uh, how it performs. We'll do some benchmarks and some gaming and, uh, and see how that works. But that is the NanoPi M4. It's about 65 bucks and another 7 bucks for the heatsink. And you can get that at cat5.tv slash NanoPi. That is a very cool computer. <laughs>
I love it. I love that heat sink. I love the single board computers are getting, like, look at the power of that yeah. thing. And it's super small. Four gigs of RAM. Four 3.0 USB, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like, what is my computer? I don't think my computer has four. <laughs> I'm sure yours does. <laughs> yours is a bit of a beast. But it's, uh, it is like this. Yeah, that's right. Versus this something I can like, fit in my shirt pocket. Oh. Yeah. That is incredible. All right. We've got to take a really quick break. And, oh, when we come back, we're going to unbox this bad boy and maybe see what uh, what she sounds like. Don't go anywhere. Whether you shop on ThinkGeek, GearBest, B&H Photo Video, eBay, or Amazon, or even if you want a free trial of Audible, you'll find the best deals and support the shows we produce by simply visiting the shopping sites you already frequent by using the links on our website. Visit Category5.tv slash partners for the full and ever-growing list and help us create more free content like this show. Thank you for shopping with our partners, and thank you for watching. Welcome back, everybody. Now, as somebody who's been broadcasting for many, many years, and before that, I was um, a recording artist at home. So, you know, it was the whole trend of home studios becoming the thing. So my wife and I had an extra bedroom that we converted into a little bit of a sound studio. It was basically a Mm -hmm. computer and a microphone and a windscreen. Mm -hmm. And and so I remember what it was like getting started and having to buy an expensive microphone, having to buy an expensive windscreen, an expensive shock mount. All these kinds of things that really, really add up, plus having a computer that can have enough power, uh, processing power to do it all, make it sound good. Mm -hmm. And now we live in a time when things can be done so much cheaper. Right. But we're never quite sure, like, well, the the expensive stuff still exists. Mm -hmm. Is the cheap stuff any good? Yeah, it's hard to know, to put your faith into something that's inexpensive in case it might you know sometimes as we found with fake um sd cards on amazon right right perfect yeah, example yeah. sometimes when you see those bottom dollar prices you th- you know that's garbage yeah. red flag don't buy that that's a red flag it's mm-hmm. trash yeah but then something like a microphone well is the 16 dollar microphone really going to perform adequately I know it's not going to perform as well as a three hundred or a thirty thousand dollar microphone, but right. is it going to perform adequately for our home studio if we're a podcaster, if we're starting to do some music recording, and just want to get kind of started without having to break the bank? Could a sixteen dollar microphone from Amazon actually work and sound reasonable? I'm going to put my money on yes. We don't know yet. We don't know. But You've I'm, put your money on it, though. I'm going to put so my money on it. There's our first contribution for tonight. Anyone else want in on this? We're up to $20. <laughs> I say test. You have to test it. think we're going to have to test yeah, it? I first of all, it. Yeah. I've got to get it out of the box. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump over here. Okay. There we are, folks. The newer, newer, oh, you got to say it right, newer... NW882. So this is only $16 on Amazon, my friends. 
Let's get into the box and see what it comes with. So when I was on Amazon looking for a cheap microphone, this came in as pretty much the cheapest one that you can possibly get, Shizu. Wow. $16 for this, and now it's a condenser microphone, so yeah. it does require um, phantom power. And you'll see some reviews on Amazon that will say, oh, it has so much noise and all that. Those people don't know what phantom power is, I guarantee you. You have to power this microphone. So you have to have a special kind of mixing console oh, that wow. has power for this microphone. So if you plug it directly into a computer, it's, gonna, it's not going to work. You're going to have to crank it up, which is going to generate a whole lot of noise because it doesn't, your computer doesn't provide power to the microphone. Right. This is where I think that confusion starts because they have provided an XLR to 8-inch microphone adapter. Mm -hmm. This looks like it would be compatible with a laptop computer. So you plug it into your laptop computer, you plug this into the microphone, and you start testing it, and it sounds like garbage. Mm -hmm. Well, your laptop computer does not provide phantom power. Mm -hmm. Something like a Zoom uh, H4n, it would provide phantom power over this cable. However, this is pretty much useless to the average user because you may not have that device. So you have, to have, um, you have to have a preamp for this that has phantom power. So watch for that. Um, you're going to need, if you don't already have it, you're going to need something to work between this and the computer. So you can get fairly cheap, like $49 preamps. So you, you're going to need one of those anyways. Here at the studio, of course, we've got preamps here. So it looks really nice. It feels like uh, it's a metal microphone, NW882 from New Air. Newer. It looks like it has a, um, a mic on the back, but it actually doesn't. But it has the pop screen right built into the microphone. See that? So that's for the, your puh, 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 so that they don't pop the microphone, make a big pop noise. For $16, remember this kit, okay? We get everything that you see here. Comes with, oh, and it's a sealed bag, comes with a shock mount. Now, I typically use a Rode NT1 microphone. This would be perfectly compatible with that, so you can use this with any studio microphone. You just pop your microphone in here, and what that does is it absorbs some of the vibration that's going to be on the floor from you moving your feet, things like that, as this sits on the stand. So that piece in and of itself is worth more than I paid for this kit, wow, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. So even if I just wanted it for that, and then I've got the extra extra microphone to use because who knows how this is going to function, right? Specifications wise, I mean, they do boast that it's 20 to 20,000 hertz. Um, it's a unidirectional cardioid pickup pattern. So what that means, if we look at the head of the microphone, so I'm going to be talking, singing, voicing into this part here with the pop screen. And so the polar pattern is going to be in this shape. So it's right in front of it. Anything behind it, it's not going to pick it up because the polar pattern is going forward. It's unidirectional cardio uh, polar pattern. So that's going to work really, really well. Even I think in our studio here where we, we've got some fan noise and things like that, we'll be able to cut that out fairly easily. Um, certainly in a home studio environment, that works really well. So I'm going to move back to the studio set here, bring a couple of pieces with me. I think the most challenging aspect of that microphone is the name. Newer. Newer. Like the first thing you want to do is be like, yeah, this is the type of microphone that I brought. 
or that I bought. I'm just going to call like, it the NW882. Yeah. It's a really, yeah, it's, it's a funny, funny name for sure. Oh. That, it's a brand that um, oh. is available on Amazon, and they have a fair number of pretty good little devices. Yeah, it's pretty it's miscellaneous. Pretty it's like yeah. made, in, made in China stuff. Right. Um, but they, they have pretty good products. Yeah. So and the... That's uh, oh, so No, I'm just thinking the curiosity is, could it possibly be good enough to use? This is the question, right? This is the question. This is the question. So we can tighten that up. You see that uh, now the shock mount moves around. Yeah. So I can adjust that perfectly based on where my stand is positioned. Wow. And then that's just going to pop called, right what, in there. A pop screen? Is that what it's called? That Up here. Yeah. On the microphone itself. So as I'm laying down some fat rhymes, it's not going to take the pa, 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 ta, right. ta, ta, ta. Right. I see that right. in all right. those right. recording videos. Right. It's yeah. just a little. see that in like the more expensive ones, the ones that yeah. are like 2000 like bucks and up, sure. right? That yeah. That big flat thing right yeah. in front mm -hmm. of the... And you can buy them so that it clips onto the stand and it sits in front of the yeah, microphone, but yeah, that's yeah. another $20 to yeah. add to the kit. Yeah. Right. This one's got it built in and there's $16 for everything. Now, yeah. it doesn't include the stand, obviously. The stand is my own, um, so you will need a stand. You can put it on a desktop stand if you want, as long as it's got uh, uh, the ability to screw into a mic stand. I did notice that in the box there, I don't know if you saw it, uh, we can probably see, no, we can't. There's a little black piece in the box that will adapt this to the two different sizes of mic stand. Oh, okay. So it came with that adapter as well. Cool. Should we give it a try? I think we really should. I'm going to just kind of put this right here. Thank you. And I'm going to need to get a, uh, a cable and we'll need to turn off your headset microphone because everything that you're going to hear is going to be from this microphone. Yes. All right. Amazing. Good. Is okay. the positioning good? Yeah, it's good. Okay. All right. I'm going to I'm going to disconnect all of our microphones okay. so you're not going to hear our headsets anymore. Everything's going to come from this as soon as I plug in that cable. I'm excited. Yeah. Okay. All right. Turn so turn mine off now. Okay. Do you want me to turn mine off? Sure. All right. And I'm going to disconnect mine because we're going to plug into my mic cable here. Testing. Let's take our two four six. Mic check one, two, three, five, four, three. What's the sense if you're not gonna get it on a mic? A microphone kit, a microphone kit. If you're into rapping rhymes, then you're gonna like it. Microphone kit with microphone aims. When you put them all together, then you got a lot of game. You don't have to worry about the quality of sound. It's gonna be great if it's coming from the ground. Gonna start small, but we're gonna stand tall. We're gonna say it right. Gotta start with the mic. We're gonna start small, but we're gonna stand tall. We're gonna say it right. Gotta start with the mic. What's the Zen mic? Zen sound that you like. That sound that you like. Gotta start with that mic. Voices and mics and things that you like. Gotta sound that you like. 
that you like, you gotta start with that mic. If you don't got a mic, then you got no sound. And if you ain't got no sound, then you can't be found. Well, if you don't like this mic, a $16 buy won't be too hot on your wallet. So, hey, give it a try. More important than your mic is that as a rapper, you're all right. That your lyrics are important and what you mean is out of sight. Gotta say, say what, what you want. want. Gotta say what you like. And to do those things, you need a dang good mic. We gotta start small, but we're gonna stand tall. Gotta say it, right? We're gonna start with a mic. We gotta start small, but we're gonna stand tall. Gotta say it, right? Gotta start with a mic. Voices and mics and things that you like. That sound that you like. Gonna start with that mic. Voices and mics and things that you, that you like. That sound that you like. You gotta start with that mic. Was that worth $16? Please send your comments through. Yeah, comment below. I think uh, yeah. it's a great starting point for sure. Yeah. yeah. What a world we live in. Yeah. Very cool. Um, you can get yours at cat5.tv slash Mike. Check it out. It's only 16 bucks or so. So uh, let us know what you think. Sasha, we're going to jump over to the newsroom. You've got your stories all ready to go. Sure do. All right. Here are the stories we're covering this week in the Category 5.tv newsroom. The problems with the Windows 10 October 2018 update just keep on rolling in as users are now complaining of faulty zip file extractions, broken fonts, and iffy brightness controls. Linux founder Linus Torvalds has returned from a month of reflection to his job as chief developer of the widely used operating system. Dyson, the UK-based company best known for its vacuum cleaners, has chosen to build its new electric car in Singapore, and a 16-year-old boy from California was the surprise winner of the grand final of the classic Tetris World Championship in Oregon. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. This is the Category 5.TV Newsroom, covering the week's top tech stories with a slight Linux bias. Jeff Weston, yeah, you're building a brand new beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. Am I? Oh, you're a terrible actor. What? This is where acting comes into play. Oh, I didn't know we were acting. You're supposed to act. Okay, fair enough. All right. yeah, I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website? Just because Jeff is confused doesn't mean you have to be. Visit cat5.tv slash dreamhost to sign up for unlimited web hosting for your website with unlimited email accounts, MySQL databases, the latest version of PHP, WordPress, and more, and even a free domain name registration. It's less than $6 per month, so sign up today. cat5.tv slash dreamhost. I'm Sasha Rickman, and here are the top stories we're following this week. The problems with the Windows 10 October 2018 update just keep rolling in as users are now complaining of faulty zip file extractions, broken fonts, and iffy brightness controls. The infamous file deletion bug and blue screen reports have drowned out other issues somewhat. So allow us to present a roundup that could have been titled, Should have kept the testing team on, eh? The issue with the zip file extraction first appeared in a Reddit thread as users queried some odd behavior when files were being copied out of an archive. Previous versions of Windows would show a warning if those files already existed in the destination. In Windows 10 1809, nothing. 
It's a pretty nasty issue. A user could copy a file out of an archive assume the copy was successful, and then delete the zip file. However, if a file with the same name already exists, Windows 10 would have silently done nothing. Less severe but highly annoying for affected users is a problem where some Unicode, Unicode characters are failing to show up correctly. Software featuring certain characters will instead see plain rectangles. It looks like there's a problem with font substitution, linking or failed back in Windows 10 where the operating system replaces missing characters from one font with those from another. Except in version 1809, this does not seem to be happening reliably. In a simple test in Notepad, for example, it has been demonstrated that while 1803 is able to use a star character, 1809 shows a rectangle for the same font. Some apps, such as Office, appear to be unaffected, but other Windows apps that depend on the OS to perform font substitutions are struggling. And finally, an issue in 1809 is causing the screen to fail to dim or brighten as the user presents the hardware keys on the Surface Go, and possibly others as the Dell XPS has also been shown to have the issue. A restart appears to fix the problem briefly, as does disabling and re-enabling the graphics driver. Some users have reported success in manually installing drivers from Intel. Most are suggesting rolling back your OS to 18.03, but if you're unable to do that, unfortunately, you'll just have to wait until Microsoft fixes these new issues, and hopefully their fix won't cause your computer to blue screen. This has been a rocky month for Microsoft with yeah. the updates on Microsoft o Windows. October's been a little rough for Microsoft. I think what is really frustrating about this from a user's perspective is that it's really difficult to turn off Windows Update and Windows 10. It's impossible. It kind of seems that way because you'll turn it off and then it will re-enable itself. And mm -hmm. then you'll find a new registry key that you can turn off and it will re-enable itself. Wow. That's what we found. It's also hard to trust updates when it's an update that causes the problem, right? Like, so if I have an update that is an issue and then they say, okay, we have a fix for this update and yeah. then they do another update and it causes another issue, which is... You know, something that's been happening. So which, which issue do you prefer? Yeah. Do you prefer to have your files deleted or right. and this blue screen? To be honest, like this whole <laughs> font substitution thing, that could be a pretty big deal if you're printing documents that have, you know, very particular characters. Yeah, and I use there. Unicode on occasion. I think where it would really be noticeable is if you were using foreign characters. So, you know, mm -hmm. we think of the example of, you know, little graphic characters like, like a webding or something like that. But that's not really a big issue compared to if you're using foreign characters that are a part of a particular font set mm -hmm. and the substitution just turns them into squares. I know. We encounter that now with French characters here in Canada. So... It's that can be very, very frustrating. Quebec. You yeah. think of Quebec with the accent over the E. Well, that's a Unicode character. Right. So I'm going to put my hot dog hat on right now All right. to ask a simple question. So what's the um, 1809 versus 1803? What's all of that? So 1803 is the update for Windows, Microsoft Windows 10, that came out in April. 18 oh, that's the name of it. It's, or it's a, yeah, it it's represents... Like a code name. Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay. So 1809, I say point. Uh, 1809 was released early October. Yeah. When Microsoft released it, 
it deleted files on people's computers and broke profiles. Oh, okay. So then they pulled it three days later. They re-released it and said, okay, we fixed that. Yeah. But then it blue-screened HP computers. Uh, So they couldn't boot their computer. Yeah. So then they (laughs) re-released. And now we've got all these other issues. So, okay, now you're losing files when you extract a zip file and and everything else. And Unicode and brightness control is not working. and. Right. Can you imagine if you aren't Robbie and you haven't backed up your files in a hundred different places mm. and then you delete a file thinking that you've extracted it properly and they've it lost it. It could just it. be really frustrating. And, and the other yeah. place that that's annoying is a lot of us these days use um, LTE internet. Right. So we pay for the bandwidth that we're using. So if I download a giant file mm-hmm. and extract it and expect that it extracted because it looked like it went through and then I delete the zip file and maybe it was too big for my trash bin so it just is gone yeah oh now I got to download it again and I have to pay again for that download Wow. So it's yeah. a whole, you know, the, Microsoft doesn't seem to think about that when they rolled out the Windows 10 update. They didn't care that it cost me $400 to wow. get it through my LTE connection. Right, exactly. Too bad they don't have a testing team. It probably would be a good idea. I would say. Mm-hmm. Linux founder Linus Torvalds has returned from a month of reflection to his job as chief developer of the widely used operating system. Mr. Tolvad's stopped stepped back, pardon me, from heading the core development of Linux following accusations of bullying and rudeness. He sought professional help to curb his abrasive side and to develop empathy with the Linux community. His return comes as Linux coders adopt a code of conduct, conduct that seeks to make the community more welcoming. Mr. Tolvad, Tolv, I cannot Torvalds. say, cannot say his name <laughs> today. T- Mr. Tolvalds. Torvalds. If, if we just edit Linus. it in such a way that every time you say Mr., I say Torvalds. That's perfect. Nobody will work. notice. Tol- Tolvald. Nobody will notice. <laughs> so he... <laughs> said he was not a people person, but was taking time off to develop the interpersonal skills required by the role as the Linux figurehead. Before taking the short sabbatical, Mr. Torvalds was known for for giving forthright feedback, often in the form of expletive-filled emails to contributors. Mr. said he doubted that he would ever be cuddly, but could improve the way he handled people. The code of conduct adopted by the larger Linux community asks developers to use welcoming and inclusive language, be respectful of differing viewpoints and experiences, it gracefully accepts constructive criticism, focus on what is best for the community, and show empathy towards other community members. It also lists unacceptable behavior, which includes sexualized imagery and language, as well as trolling and personal attacks. It calls on key developers, including Mr. Torvalds, to police the code and live up to its standards. Mr. Torvalds developed the first version of the Linux operating system while studying at the University of Helsinki, Finland, in in 1991. Since then, the free OS has become hugely popular across the web and in many industries. I wasn't ready for it, but it's Helsinki. Helsinki. (laughs) (laughs) I find it amazing that a man who has inspired so many has to back up and like, I I know he's, he claims not to be a people person and I understand that, but, but, 
when you think, so he's an abrasive person. That's right. his personality type. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's possibly got anger issues and things like that. Yeah. But he, as that person, has inspired thousands and thousands and thousands of other people to have a very big community mindset. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's like he has created something and because he gave it away for free, he's inspired people who are really more community minded and more friendly to work with it. Yeah. And it's hard to know. That's the thing. I feel like with people who have achieved a lot within society, though, they tend to get idolized and then maybe any, yeah. any small and I'm not saying that that's small, but any aspect of their personality that isn't in keeping with a great leader yep. or mm-hmm. that right. kind of thing gets really skewered. And I'm not, I'm not saying that he shouldn't be, like, repaired, repaired or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, Fix I'm not, him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I think that probably more appropriate, like, he should probably just find someone else to do that kind of work. The, the that's possible, for yeah. Him because it's just not his forte, right? Yeah. It sounds like right? he's doing some harm. Right. Yeah, he likely didn't have to develop his empathy very much while he was busy developing an operating system that is rocking. And like (laughs) some people, like you you just meet some people and they don't have that capacity. They just have Mm -hmm. a completely different way of looking at people. And so it's difficult to change just using training or a two week seminar or something like that. I feel like it's. That's the challenge. Yeah. I think it's important for us as, as a Linux using community as well to realize, and, and any community, mm-hmm. you don't have to be a stellar person to be really good at something. Mm-hmm. Right. And he, did, he didn't ever, I, I think it, it must be hard on him right now because people are coming down on him because of his personality type. Mm-hmm. Right. And I may not agree with it, and I may not mm-hmm. mirror that type of behavior. Maybe mm-hmm. sometimes when the kids are being bad, I, you know, but... Well, I, I feel like he probably didn't intend harm even in when he was mm-hmm. sending those emails. Like, it wasn't the fact that he It's just aggressive response, exactly. like reactionary response. Exactly, but I don't think that his, like his actions and his intentions didn't meet up completely in, sure. my, in my mind, right? But thinking, so think of that quote. So Sasha just said his actions and his intentions didn't line up. When he created Linux, did he intend for it to become the world's most used operating system and, right. and for him to be the figurehead of this giant community organization? right. I don't think that was his intention. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's kind of kept out of the spotlight in that, you know, he's he's very much a behind-closed-doors mm-hmm. kind of guy. Yeah. yeah. But cross him, right? and he'll show his true colors. I would say really lucky for him. Linux users, the community of Linux users... They're they're so warm and so sure, empathetic yeah. and so supportive that the fact that he stepped away for a month and worked on it himself, mm-hmm. even if he were to show some like future blunders and maybe failings in that regard, he'll be forgiven. You know, sure. I mean, yeah. as long as he practices some of the tools he's been given. Yeah, I think it's important though that we not expect someone to change who they are. I I want. You know, it's, it's good, though, that they're right. laying out policies and saying, okay, we're not going to have sexism. We're not going to have um, people being treated poorly or being reprimanded for, like, even if someone made a mistake. Right. I mean... We can't I'm, react like that. I'm a little bit of a, like a delicate flower when it comes to feedback. You have to really sandwich your criticisms with, like, a positive then sure. the negative, then the positive, or else I just come away feeling, like, ridiculously wounded and I'm... It's, and it's not intentional, it's, probably, by the person. Exactly. Yeah. Some people are just like, 
you did that wrong. And I'm like, oh. right. what do you mean? Yeah. I feel you like mean, I could, I'm, I could yeah, not I'm the same be, way. Yeah. I could not be Mr. Tor- Torvalds. Yeah. Personal assistant. Oh, <laughs> sure. Like yeah. That would not be a good job for me. So we'll see how he does in the next little while, but let's not be too hard on the guy. Like yeah. we're all human and we all have our own way of handling things. And if that's the kind of person he is, unfortunately, we just kind of stay away and let him yeah, stay away. Yeah. Let him stay away. Let him yeah. kind of work behind closed doors because mm-hmm. he's good at what he does. Mm-hmm really good at what he does. Dyson, the UK-based company best known for its vacuum cleaners, has chosen to build its new electric car in Singapore. The company will break ground on its new factory in Singapore later this year with the first car scheduled to roll off the production line in 2021. Dyson said the decision was based on the availability of engineering talent, regional supply chains, and proximity to some key target markets. Cost was not a consideration. Singapore is one of the most expensive territories in the world to do business, and space for manufacturing is at a premium in the city-state. Dyson has not yet revealed what kind of batteries its new car will use or, whether or where they will be made. Dyson continues to develop both solid-state and traditional lithium-ion batteries in parallel. The company currently has 1,100 employees in Singapore, 1,300 in Malaysia, 1,000 in China, and 800 in the Philippines. Yet another manufacturer bringing out electronic cars. Yes. And I, am, I have said it before and I'll say it again. I'm so excited to see what the Dyson car will look like because Dyson vacuums are <laughs> amazing. Hold on tight, folks. It's going to be gonna... one giant vacuum cleaner on It's wheels, a whirlwind. Right? Yeah, whirlwind. <laughs> and it's, it's actually kind of fun and tongue-in-cheek that it's an electric car, which is very clean. And Dyson is a cleaning, yeah. known for its cleaning. Interesting that they didn't in any way consider I, I'm, sh- I'm thinking they didn't in any way consider mm. the expensive aspect of Singapore of Singapore yeah whereas yeah. all these other companies are going to these other right go where it's cheapest yeah where labor's cheap where rent is cheap or leasing is cheap no right. let's go to the most expensive place in the world right to do manufacturing what's it going to cost for me to buy myself a Dyson car oh <laughs> good thought <laughs> yeah 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 they're expensive vacuums. They're expensive. Yeah, that's true. But they're good vacuums. I wonder with the purchase of a car if you get a Dyson vacuum. That would be cool. Maybe you could hook it up to the exhaust pipe. Maybe. There is no exhaust pipe, so they've utilized that as a that's central right. vac jack. That's right. It would be perfect. <laughs> a 16-year-old boy from California was the surprise winner of the grand final of the classic Tetris World Championship in Oregon. The iconic block-stacking computer game is 13 years older than him. Joseph Saley dethroned seven-time tournament winner Jonas Nebauer. The young man had only started playing as a hobby after watching the championship in 2016. Wow. He plays for a couple of hours each day on an original 1985 Nintendo Entertainment System console hooked up to an old CRT TV rather than a modern flat screen. He said that he prefers using the old-fashioned monitor because there's less latency, which is a tiny time difference between the controller and the visual. He said, my friends are like, what is this guy playing? And like a retro gaming evangelist explains to them that Tetris is easy to learn but can take years to master. Mr. Saley intends to take part in the competition again next year. 16 years old. 
Um, yeah. I love it. Retro is making a comeback. I am so bad at Tetris. I want to be good at it. I love it so much. I am just, like, I'm a panicky button masher, oh, yeah? so I will never be part On of Category it. 5 Technology TV last week, we we created our own Tetris machine. That's right. An Odroid Go. It's like a, it looks like a smaller version of a Game Boy, mm-hmm. but you can put Game Boy games on it, Nintendo oh, wow. Entertainment System games. So I actually have the original Tetris in NES on that. Right. And I've been playing it along with Dr. Mario. Oh, wow. Because both of those are fantastic So you could be the next champion. I'll work on that. I don't know, Sasha. It's an easy game to learn, but it takes years to master. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if he plays with the music on. Definitely. Yeah. You have to. You have to. I think so. Yeah. I wonder if that's part of the competition, like if they have that... Like the mm-hmm. music on at the same time. That'd be amazing. I gotta watch that. Yeah. I'm sure it's online. What was that? That was just that movie, and I love it so much. And it was the re- virtual reality. Oh, Ready Player One. Yes, right. Right? So I feel like this is, he's that guy, right? That is just the master of retro games at an mm. incredibly young age when the game itself is, you know, like. 13 years older than him. And how old is he? He's 14. Is that 16? He's 16. Right. That's crazy. My kids, like my daughter is our oldest and she's 13 and, and they're really becoming more and more into retro games and, and not only retro games, like from our childhood, but, um, they're also playing games that are made to look like our retro games. That's funny. Like Undertale, for example. Like, it looks a lot like a game out of the early 80s. Right. Something you play on ColecoVision or something like that. Mm -hmm. So they're bringing it back, not only the retro games, but the styles of retro games. Uh, Minecraft was another good example. It's very much like uh, like a late 80s, early 90s kind of look to it. Right. Just Beyond the like lens flares and things. Yeah, but blocky and pixelated yeah. and just... Everything's yeah. based on a, a grid system instead of, you know... Yeah, Some of the cool. fresher, newer games and, mm-hmm. yeah. So we'll like see it. what else comes out. Yeah, congratulations. And you're like playing VR, so it's like you're yeah, way on the, on the other, other side, side of the spectrum. Exactly. Yeah. But I bet you there'll be some VR games that end up looking exactly like that. Like I could be... That'd be amazing. Ex- could you imagine if you could play D&D... In, in virtual reality, in like 2D right. space. So like it's, everything is there in 3D, but it's a 2D character a 2D, coming at you. Exactly. That's, that's going to happen now. It probably oh. already has happened. I'll go home I want and like, look it up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to see that. I want to play that. I'm kind of on the opposite end of that spectrum. Like a while back, I was buying a CD player mm-hmm. for like just like a portable CD player. And I went into a, a Sony store. Yeah. And I was like, that's the one. And it was actually like an exhibit from like the 1990s. Oh. And I was like, oh. I'm so out of it. I went into an antique shop and yeah. there were things in the antique shop from my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, seriously? Yeah. I, I was talking to Dave the other day. I remember the end of eight tracks. I remember the mm-hmm. beginning and end of cassettes. Records have made a comeback, which yeah. is good. It's coming around, and yeah. CDs are a thing of the past. Like, I feel like everything is I know. gone. And now we're seeing more and more stores <laughs> pulling CDs from the shelves. DVDs right. even. DVDs yeah. are being pulled from the store shelves. Right. We have a, a 3D TV, and they are, like, extinct now. We have... No. Yeah, we went to the store to buy some 3D glasses, and, and the guy said, like, you might as well buy up the whole stock because we're not... 
there are no more 3D TVs mm. being oh, wow. manufactured. Hmm. That's a thing of the past. Is it because people are switching to Oculus Rifts and things like that? I don't Where know. you can actually look around? Well, I've wondered about that like in movie theaters because they have 3D as an option most mm -hmm. of the time, but most of the time it's not really doing very much at all. It's very. It, it's a it subtle like effect. It's a phase that just kind of went in yeah. where it was like, yeah, I want to see like mm -hmm. darts going by my head like while I'm watching a movie, but right. now it's like... It's just kind of an additional feature that you mm -hmm. pay more for. Right. I, think. Mm -hmm. I love ours. I found though that like with the more recent um, movies, you like you, it's depth in the 3D screen versus things coming out at you. Right when you put the 3D right. glasses okay. on, you oh. feel like you can see further. So you in. see like the horizon looks like you're looking out over the horizon, it, which is neat. Yeah, I wish they. I wish that the technologies wouldn't just be bygones. Yeah, but Tetris. Yeah lives on tetris lives on folks <laughs> big thanks to roy w nash and our community of viewers for submitting stories to us this week thanks for watching the category 5.tv newsroom don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight linux bias and for more free content be sure to check out our website from the category 5.tv newsroom i'm sasha rickman and i'm robbie ferguson and i'm shizu thanks everybody for being here with us this week that's all the time that we have hope you've had fun and uh, we will talk to you again next week. See ya.